This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So what's the workplace going to look like in 2023? We thought that remote work was pretty much here to stay. It is to a degree, but a lot of companies are bringing back their workers either on a part-time schedule in the office or full-time in some cases. Martine Haas is a professor of management at the Wharton School. She's also director of the Lauder Institute for Management and International Studies. Martine, great to talk to you again. Good to see you, Dan. So what level do you think remote work is going to be here in the future? Because I think that's a little bit of a moving target still. Yeah, I think you're right. It really is a bit of a moving target still. Um, we've seen you know, a lot of changes over the past year, but my sense is that hybrid is here to stay. Um, I think that a lot of companies have moved towards hybrid in the last year and have found it you know, not perfect by any means, but kind of seems to be striking a pretty decent balance um, for, you know, between what employees want and what employers want. Again, not perfect. A lot of, a lot, a lot of firms are still thinking through how to make it as good as can be. Um, pure remote, I think, is, you know, less likely to be really dominant in the future. Um, but there will be some, you know, some industries in which it really does make sense, some sectors, um, particularly tech, IT, um, but, you know, and, and maybe some kind of companies, you know, smaller companies, startups, ones that want to attract employees who really, you know, can be anywhere, can work from anywhere, and the work allows for that. So I think remote will stay in some sectors, but fully remote, I think, is going to be less, le less omnipresent than hybrid, which, again, seems to be um, the way that a lot of companies are going right now. You bring up a good point because it does feel like it's either business by business or sector by sector in many cases, yep. how some of these decisions are being made. We we talk have talked on this show about banking uh, yep. and how it seems like a lot of the big banks feel more comfortable having their employees back in the office rather than having them remote. Yeah, that's right. I think there's just, I think there's going to be a lot more variation, heterogeneity than there's been in the past. You know, investment banks, I think, are on one end of kind of wanting everybody in. Um, and a lot of them are really kind of bringing people in, you know, most of the time these days. Uh, but they're still, you know, there's, there's some niche banks, there's some more international banks that might keep with a, a more mixed kind of model. Um, and then there's some industries and companies for which it's just going to be really, you know, they're going to go much more remote. And I think, you know, what we're seeing is that's also reflected in what employees want. I think there's just a lot of heterogeneity, right? Some people really want to be completely remote, but it's not everybody. Some people really want to be in person, right? And, and a lot of people kind of want that mix or kind of or, or are willing to live with the mix if their companies want it. And so I think it's going to shake out over, it's looking like right now, over the kind of middle longer term as being, well, there's just going to be more variation than there used to be in this and companies and people are going to figure out what's working for them. Well, I think that's interesting because, you know, realistically, you're talking about the personal needs of the employee playing a factor in the decision process moving forward, which, correct me if I'm wrong, if we go back 10, 15, 20 years, the personal needs of the employee really weren't considered a whole heck of a lot. Right. Even five years. Right. So that's been the really big shift of the pandemic is that, you know, what employees want, I think, has really become much, much uh, more important in, in, and companies are going to ha have had to take a lot more notice of that. Of course, particularly because the job market, at least here in the US, has been very tight. Right. So I think, you know, that is likely to shift if the job market um, you know, weakens and the sort of power shifts a little bit more towards the employers. They might have more ability to bring employees back. It's harder for employees to just jump ship if they're not comfortable with that. Um, but, you know, I think, I do think that that's been a really fundamental change is that employers have realized and employees have realized that sort of mental health, well-being, um, work-life balance 
has become a much bigger deal. And so, you know, my sort of, my hope is that employers don't, you know, if, if it does shift in, in their, to their advantage a bit more, that they don't just take advantage of that and sort of ignore all the stuff they've learned about what employees really want. And similarly, I think employees need not to take advantage if they're in a more powerful position, which they have been over the past year or so, to push it to extremes that employers are really uncomfortable with, because that, you know, reduces the trust and creates all sorts of issues, sort of in terms of how employers feel about having, you know, uh, employees at home at least some of the time. So I think it's, you're looking at more of a balance uh, going forward if, if everybody's going to get to a better place on this. Well, and that brings up the question of productivity levels, which seemingly I, I would imagine is going to be more of a focus as we move forward. If you have employees that are working three days a week from home to in this in their office, that question of productivity is going to be focused on more, especially when you're thinking about the review process or going for raises or going for, you know, for for corporate uh, corporate bumps. Yeah, productivity is, you know, something that people were kind of trying to measure and get a handle on all through the pandemic. I'm not sure that we can extrapolate much from what happened during the sort of intense pandemic months. Um, in terms of productivity, people were working harder in some cases and didn't have the tech at home and other, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that's kind of going on. So I think companies are going to have to watch this um, closely going forward. And, you know, productivity is one word. It's a very sort of limited word. There's also creativity and culture and all these other things that mentoring that go into making the workplace, right, that go beyond kind of short-term productivity. Um, so that we're going to have to watch all of those um, very carefully, I think, over the coming year. How do you think boards of directors have been impacted by this shift, these the, these change of mindsets and and what they now expect from not only the company as a whole, but from their leaders when they have these dynamics at play? Yeah, I think, you know, boards of directors were taken by, you know, storm or surprise, as was everybody else and sort of trying to figure out what the heck does this mean, even for us meeting as a board of directors. You know, I think one of the things that is occupying more time from board of directors, right, boards of directors right now um, is, you know, cybersecurity and all the issues that come up when people are working in a much more distributed way, right? Um, you know, uh, uh, when people have, are working from home, credit card information, healthcare information of their patients or customers, you know, all sorts of private confidential information to the firm becomes much more important. So, you know, some of the, some of the surveys are kind of saying, well, you know, boards are becoming much more concerned about some things that they were concerned about before, but at much higher levels. And then, of course, they've got to think about, along with their, their corporate leadership, the CEOs, you know, what is the company's work model got to look like over time? You know, and that's, again, something that I think is varying a lot firm by firm, and everybody's going to have to think through at the board level as well as at the management level. There's, there's also been the discussion around, uh, you know, that that relationship between employees and how their differing schedules may impact the work relationships. And I think it's being kind of, you know, brought in as, you know, making the hybrid workplace a fair and equitable, you know, standard for, for all employees across the board. Right. Yeah. So, you know, from the employee, the employees level and obviously their managers, right. There's a lot of challenges involved in, uh, in, in being set up in a hybrid way. I think if people are really hybrid and coming into the office, you know, three days a week or something into the workplace and then at home two days a week, a lot of it kind of can get taken care of so long as you're thoughtful about what people are doing when they're in the office versus at home. It's when people are really remote, you know, all of the time, and then particularly when you have other people who are in person all of the time, that some of these issues around fairness become particularly acute. So in some ways, again, I think hybrid sort of 
solves or at least you know is, is a livable way of managing a number of problems um, that you know are, are I think we can we can deal with okay I mean one one big thing I think as we look to the future you know the next year in particular is you know companies were kind of forced into the whole situation of being completely remote and then into kind of trying to get people back and moving towards this, these sort of new models and as a result we've been all kind of doing our best right um, and some things are generally okay and seem to be working, but I think that, you know, 2023 will be a year when it makes sense for companies to um, really maybe take a step back and think a little bit more systematically. Okay, now we've got people in most of the time, it's kind of going okay, but let's make sure we're actually sort of systematically reviewing our policies and procedures, right, and how are things working around our you know, HR, our hiring practice, our technology, our space needs, you know, it's almost like you want to set up working groups for your company for each of these different kind of critical areas, employee engagement, satisfaction, you know, security, productivity, wellness, all the things we've talked about, right, um, to really kind of think, okay, are we doing it as well as we can? Now we're doing it, at least we know we can kind of do this and we think it, it's working, but don't just settle for the way you started doing it in month one of everybody coming back to the office, you know, try to think about, okay, how do we sort of set it up for success and really to be as good as it can be going forward. Two quick things to ask you about just in the dynamics of what we've seen play out. One being the the, the turnover rate, uh, you know, amongst employees. It's obviously been very high. Obviously part of that is being driven by the high, higher rate of pay that a lot of people are getting when they go to that next job. Does that turnover rate continue or do you think that settles down at some point? Look, I think it's very driven by the economy and in unemployment rates, you know, still in the US are really very low. So depending on what happens um, in terms of the job market. Um, but, you know, if you're in a situation where people are um, feeling dissatisfied or sort of realizing that they need to change, which is kind of what was happening in the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, um, and there are opportunities to go somewhere that looks better and, you know, and the job market is really, you know, advantageous, then you're going to see a lot of movement like we've been seeing in, in recent months. Um, you know, I think probably some of that does start to settle down a little bit now as people find their kind of match to companies that look um, kind of the way that they want them to. Um, and as sort of, you know, uh, sectors and industries and maybe geographies start to settle on a dominant kind of model where most of the firms in this area are kind of doing similar kinds of things. Um, and but again, a lot of it is going to just be driven by by the job market. And when there's a lot of a lot of opportunity to move, you're going to see people moving to their more perfect job and their better paid job, uh, you know, at a higher rate. And finally, I wanted to ask you about how you think hybrid will impact that process that that employees go through of trying to progress their career, of networking, of, you know, all of these these normal processes to continue to build, you know, a, a, towards a, a C-suite position or a manager's level position right. and how that how that is impacted, you think? Um, you know, I think that in a hybrid world that kind of employees need to be really on top of the game, thinking about it actively, right? So they need to be thinking about if I'm not there all the time in the office, when I am there, what am I doing to connect with people? How am I meeting with people? Um, you know, uh, forging kind of new relationships and so on. Um, and I've only got three days a week to do that rather than five days a week to do that. And particularly, you know, if I'm completely out of the office, completely remote, um, then you need to really think about kind of active ways to make those connections that we know are going to kind of help, you know, create new opportunities and give you new leads and, and, and introduce you to new, new people and so on. Um, but it's not only employees who need to think about this, right? The employers and the managers in firms really have a responsibility, and that's part of what they need to be thinking about in managing the hybrid workforce, 
um, to help their folks make those kinds of connections and create opportunities. And of course, there's lots of creative ways you can do that, which are probably not what have been happening at, at, at firms, you know, until, until now to help people build those connections. And, and, and they're not only important for individual careers, they're also important for sparking ideas across the, across the company, for mentoring, for internal uh, movement, mobility um, between different parts of the organization. So there's a lot of benefits to firms as well as to employees of being able to kind of um, really progress their careers within their, within their current jobs. Martine, great to talk to you again as always. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dan. Take care. Thank you. Martine Haas, who is a professor of management and director of the Lauder Institute for Management and International Studies here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.